Ah, yes, we've got a little espresso shot here for you on MLB Morning Coffee. It is Wednesday, June 10th, 2020. I am excited to talk with you over the next couple of days to give you a rundown of what we're doing here on MLB Morning Coffee. Tomorrow, we're going to be talking with Jack Settleman of the Snapback Sports Pod. He is one of Snapchat's most popular sports personalities. He's got over 1 million followers on Snapchat. He's going to talk with us tomorrow about the social media aspects of what baseball is going to have to do in order to market itself, given everything that it has gone through in what we can all view as a pretty failed negotiation. So Jack is going to give us the marketing and the social media aspect of it in terms of what MLB needs to do in order to market itself in a season where fans are really getting turned off by baseball. Then on Friday, we're going to examine the MLB draft, which is happening tonight and tomorrow night, and somewhat go through and examine what players were selected, if it's majority high school, majority college, and be able to somewhat discern whether these players are going to sign or not. The reason we're doing a quickie episode today is that there is a counterproposal from the MLB Players Union that Jeff Passan reported upon yesterday. So I'm going to read the article from Passan, and we're just going to somewhat examine this in the microcosm of what it is. So the article states, The Major League Baseball Players Association has made a proposal to MLB for a season of 89 games with a full prorated share of salary and expanded playoffs, sources familiar with the situation told ESPN on Tuesday. It would bring the sides closer to the potential deal because it is 25 games fewer than the union's most recent proposal of 114 games at full pro rata, sources told ESPN. But an MLB source told ESPN's Carl Ravitch that the proposal is a non-starter. Quote, Out of concern for the players' health, extending the regular season past September 27th won't happen, the source told Ravitch. The quote continues, There is a window of playing between 60 and 70 regular season games, but pay still remains an issue. MLB on Monday proposed a 76-game season that would cover up to 75% of players' prorated salaries. This newest MLBPA proposal would have the season start July 10th and end October 11th, sources told ESPN's Jesse Rogers. It would also expand the postseason to 16 teams, eight in each league, for 2020 and 2021. Like MLB's proposal Monday, this offer has been the players sharing in a pool of at least $50 million if the playoffs are played without fans. The proposal includes opt-out rights for all players. Players who are considered high-risk or reside with a high-risk individual are entitled to full service and salary in the event they opt out. Those with no high-risk concerns may opt out without service or salary. High-risk qualification is to be determined by the MLBPA in consultation with medical experts. Players also are committing to providing broadcast enhancements for both regular season and postseason games. MLB's Monday proposal to players on a return-to-play economic package offered a higher potential salary than the previous plan, but less guaranteed money over a 76-game season. Players and officials at the MLBPA quickly scoffed at the proposal, which was obtained by ESPN, continuing the gridlock that has prevented MLB from returning after the coronavirus-related delay to the beginning of its season. If the sides are unable to agree to a deal, the league has the ability to implement a schedule of its desired length. 
it has focused recently on a potential 48-game season, sources told ESPN, and that is the end of the article. So basically, the Players Association wants to be able to share in the playoff money. They also want more guaranteed money in the regular season. So they understand how important the playoff revenue is, which is why they're willing to reduce the regular season. The expanded playoffs, though, go from 14 teams, which Major League Baseball owners suggested, to 16 teams. And the reason why they want to do that is that teams that don't make the playoffs, those players are not going to be guaranteed the playoff revenue that is going to ultimately be a part of this agreement. If the players are going to agree to any sort of deal, they are going to have to take a significant chunk of the playoff television revenue because for them, it's not worth the risk if they're not going to be able to earn that extra postseason money. So the players are covering themselves here in case fewer teams end up making the playoffs. And the 89-game regular season guarantees that if they go under full prorated salaries, that they're going to get a little bit more than half of what is owed to them. Major League Baseball seems to think that they need to end the regular season by September 27th. So let me ask you this question, MLB. If the NFL thinks that they can start on time with no fans, and that's more players, the NFL, you have more players on the field at the same time. The NBA is scheduling Game 7 of the NBA Finals with no fans to be October 12th. So why, if those two leagues think that they can play beyond September 27th, why does Major League Baseball think they can't have a regular season past the 27th? If the NFL thinks that they are going to be able to safely play a season on time, as does college football, why does MLB feel like they need to stop the season at September 27th? Now, the interesting thing that came out yesterday was this piece of audio that I'm going to play for you right now from Bill DeWitt Jr., who is the majority owner of the St. Louis Cardinals. And whenever you hear one thing or another from the owners, I want you to take a listen to this full quote. This was Bill DeWitt Jr. on a radio station, I believe it was KMOX in St. Louis, the flagship of the Cardinals, and Bill DeWitt just put his foot in his mouth. So MLB saw record revenues in 2018 and 2019. And in each year, the average salary dropped. So if the players aren't going to reap the reward of the revenue, why should they subsidize losses? Well, take a look at the deal the players have. And don't think for a minute that the reduced payroll added money in the pockets of the owners because it didn't. Um, if you, you look at the growth in the personnel at franchises, we've grown, this is non-players, in the last six years from 240 employees to 400. Um, you know, a lot more is put into uh, training, conditioning, um, uh, promotional work, uh, you know, front office, analytics, uh, it's, you know, it, it's a bit of a zero-sum game. Uh, the players have 
gotten approximately what they did, maybe percentage-wise, based on revenues, a little bit less. But, you know, they have by far, by far, the best deal of any players in any sport. And, you know, that's why you see the other sports uh, coming back uh, pretty quickly because they're they're aligned with the players. They've got, you know, the more the revenue, the the more the players get, you know, based on a on a formula. Uh, we don't have that in baseball. Uh, the players have always fought uh, for whatever they can get in a negoti- individual negotiations, um, and it's been to their benefit. The industry isn't very profitable, to be quite honest. Um, and, you know, I think they understand that. Uh, but they think, you know, the owners are, you know, hiding profits, this and that. And, you know, there's been a little bit of a distrust there. So for you to say that the industry isn't profitable, I don't understand how you can make that argument to your fan base. Go on your local radio station when it's billionaires and millionaires fighting over change that you're saying that baseball isn't profitable? Bill DeWitt Jr.'s franchise was purchased at $150 million when he bought the team in the mid-90s. And now the valuation of it is over $2.2 billion. So the value of your franchise has increased more than tenfold. Yet you're fighting at this point over... 76 games at 75% prorated salary versus 89 games at full prorated salary, or you go to 82 games at full prorated salary. That's the compromise, I feel like. MLB is going to have to come up on their games more, and the players' union is going to have to come down on their games more. It seems like we're getting closer, but when somebody like Bill DeWitt goes out there and says that, This industry is not profitable. When players listen to that and fans listen to that, the owners lose any leverage that they have in negotiations. And effectively, they're able to now publicly call BS on the owners because they know that if the owners were to reveal their revenues and were to be able to generate what their profit margin was, that what Bill DeWitt said is 1,000% false. And I don't think there's anybody out there that would be able to look somebody honestly in the eye and say, Bill DeWitt is telling the truth. I don't think there's even 1% of the baseball fan population that believes anything of what Bill DeWitt Jr. said yesterday in St. Louis. So you look at this new proposal, and you look at MLB's latest proposal, and then you have your force majeure 48-game season that the owners can implement, which to me is your nuclear option if you're MLB and you want to make sure that you're able to have some form of a season. You almost have to do that if these two sides can't come to an agreement soon. If MLB really says that they cannot have a regular season go past September 27th, you need to come to an agreement like yesterday. And if you want expanded playoffs and be able to reap the playoff money that is owed to you from the television networks, you're going to have to have some form of a season. And if they can't come to an agreement and get the season started within the next month, then you're more than likely going to see this fraud of a 48-game season come 
with potentially expanded playoffs. Now, I think that the opt-out clauses that the players have put in their latest proposal are valid. I think that if you determine that you are of a high risk, that you can opt out of the season. I think this is the concession that Major League Baseball owners have to make because you are trying to absolve as much risk as possible. If you put an acknowledgement of risk waiver in front of the players, like we talked about on our last episode, how many of them are actually going to sign it? How many players are going to willingly take liability onto themselves and away from the Major League Baseball owners? Very few, if any. So, the opt-out that the Players Union proposed is the way that you are going to be able to get a season started, get in as many games as you can, and be able to satisfy the health and safety concerns of players that may not think that your safety protocols are up to standard with what they're expecting. Because again, it is not the owners that are putting themselves at risk. Because the owners, they may not even be in the ballpark, in any of these ballparks. They may watch at home. They don't have to do anything to take on any risk. They can hide in a bunker. It does not matter. So again, I want you all to think about how this gets resolved. What is the best solution? Is it going to end up being 89 games because the Players Association, now that they've come down from 114 to 89, they're not going back up to 114. At this point, we know how long the season is going to be. It's going to be either a minimum of 48 games or a maximum of 89 games. That's our range. And effectively, if you want that 89 games and be able to finish the season by the first week of October, I don't think MLB can hardline September 27th as the end of the regular season. First week of October. If that's what you're going to do, if that's what you have to do, then you've got to get this season started within the next three weeks, which means negotiations have to be done within a week, and you basically have to compact spring training and make sure that you're able to get your pitchers ready to go and be up to speed by July 4th weekend. I don't know if it's going to happen, but what I can tell you is that the Major League Baseball Players Association is willing to make some concessions. Now the owners have to be able to make concessions as well. The players, they wanted one thing, and they're willing to come down. They are willing to come down. Now the owners, you've got to meet them halfway. And Bill DeWitt saying what he said, and Tom Ricketts earlier saying that there's a misconception about owners hoarding cash, which I don't know if I believe that or not. But if you take what DeWitt says and you take what Rickett says, and any other public statement of a Major League Baseball owner that implies that they are crying poor, they have lost any and all leverage, in my opinion, over these negotiations. Now, it's up to the owners to make concessions, because the owners are not going to win the argument in the court of public opinion. The only way that they can win that argument is if they come off the stance that they had and be able to make financial concessions from themselves 
to the players. How will this play out? We will see. Thanks for listening to this edition of MLB Morning Coffee, a production of the Ocean Avenue Studios in San Francisco, California. Have a great rest of your day, everybody, and as always, we will catch you in the AM.